Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome back to this, the Halloween bonus part of FYI. <laughs> sorry, sorry about the horrible Transylvanian accent. There's another thing we always associate with Halloween, Transylvania, Dracula, the Wolfman, or the Werewolf. The Werewolf is... Hombre Lobo, and uh, a werewolf or a wolf howls. Ow! Kind of makes sense. Howl. Aullar. Aullar, to howl. It's an onomatopoeic word. So if you haven't noticed, I friggin' love Halloween. I love it. I love it. I love all holidays. Hey, guys, give me a holiday, I'll celebrate it. But I love dressing up. I love the scaring element. I used to be a little prankster myself. I'm not proud of it, but I used to pull pranks on people, especially on Goosey Night. Do you guys know this one? Goosey Night, or as it's called in some parts of the United States, is Mischief Night. And this is the night before Halloween, the 30th of October, not the 31st. Now, I wasn't a vandal. I didn't go around spray painting things or breaking windows, but I did put toilet paper in people's trees and shaving cream on their windows. I'm not proud of it, but remember I told you I was going to tell you about some of my experiences, and I'll tell you some more a little bit later on. But uh, first, I was going to tell you about a place where trick-or-treating was banned. Now, I understand if there's a virus or some, you know, extraordinary circumstance, but uh, you don't just cancel Halloween. Well, we're going to a place called Bathurst, Canada, and there's a law in Bathurst, Canada that says that anyone over the age of 16 caught, pillado, trick-or-treating or even just wearing masks, can face a fine of up to $200. So if you are over 16, no trick-or-treating for you. Now, I understand why you would make that rule, because it's for younger kids, but hey, you never know how fast people mature and grow up. Maybe some 16-year-olds are really like 12-year-olds. $200 fine. Don't try and ruin Halloween. Remind me never to visit Bathurst, Canada. I am not fine with getting a $200 fine. <laughs> okay, bad joke. No estoy bien con recibir una multa de 200 dólares. The city also has a curfew. That's a toque de queda. It's a, a time that you have to be home. A curfew. And that's for everybody who is under 16. So if you're under 16, you can trick or treat... But your curfew is 8 p.m. You have an 8 p.m. curfew. Come on, what's going on here? Bathurst, Canada. You guys need to take a chill pill. Now, another time Halloween was canceled, or not so much canceled, but, uh, well, it wasn't the same as other years was during the Second World War due to sugar rationing. But I think it's like the show. It must go on. Halloween must go on. I told you I was going to tell you why we have black and orange, well, and white, black, orange, and white as Halloween colors. Well, it actually makes sense, and I never stopped to think about it until I was preparing this script. Think about the color orange. What does the color orange remind you of? The leaves on the trees in the autumn? <gasps> ah, that's right, the changing leaves. And remember what we said before? Sound was a 
Celtic festival celebrating the end of the harvest. Also, I didn't know this, orange is a symbol of strength and endurance. Is that why Trump has orange hair? <laughs> and black. Why black? Well, think about black. It's the color of death. So orange and black. It makes sense. I never stopped to think about it. I don't know about you guys. All right, another one I told you I was going to give you some more info on is bonfire. You know the word fire, but a bonfire is una hoguera. Do you know why we call it a bonfire? I had no idea myself. It was because it was invented by John Bon Jovi. <laughs> no, I'm just joshing. I'm just joshing is another way to say I'm kidding or I'm joking. It's a very American way to say it. We used to say it when I was a kid, celebrating Halloween. I'm just joshing. Como el nombre, Josh. No, it had nothing to do with Bon Jovi. Bon comes from the word bone. And what happened was priests, again, priests were involved in Halloween since the beginning. They lit large fires that were supposed to represent the sun that was coming back after a long, hard winter. And what they would do is they would throw bones of cattle, cattle es ganado, into the flames. And they created a bone fire. Now, we've taken the letter E out, but we still call it to this day a bonfire. There's a very popular book, I believe, and movie called Bonfire of the Vanities. All right, and we just touched the tip of the iceberg when we talked about Halloween in pop culture. We didn't talk about Monsters, Inc., Monster High, The Monsters. I mean, the list is endless. But the quintessential Halloween movie is Halloween. And I told you I was going to tell you something interesting about that mask. Now, a lot of people say it's a hockey mask. And contrary to popular belief, it is not a hockey mask. When they were filming the movie, they were on a tight budget. That seems to happen all the time. Is there anybody who's not on a tight budget? Un presupuesto ajustado. A tight budget. So they sent the crew out, the props crew, props is atrezo, and they told them, find the cheapest mask you can find. So they did. They went out and did as they were told. They followed orders. They found a $2 Star Trek mask, and it was Captain Kirk of Star Trek, and, uh, well, they spray-painted it white, and then they reshaped the eye holes so it didn't look like William Shatner anymore. In fact, it looked like a very creepy William Shatner. So that mask, Michael Myers' mask in Halloween, is Captain Kirk from Star Trek. And you'll have to forgive me, now I just realized I've been mixing up some of my, my horror heroes. Jason from Friday the 13th wore the hockey mask, and Michael Myers from Halloween wore the William Shatner mask. The Star Trek mask. Captain Kirk. I'm mixing up my masks. And now, I don't want to say it, but we're all wearing masks. No, I don't mean it on some philosophical level. I mean surgical masks, unfortunately. So that's my question. When we dress up for Halloween this year, do we wear our mask under our mask or over our mask? Ooh existential questions and halloween is a crazy time there's always crazy stuff happening and oddities and and strange things going on 
one man met his fate on Halloween. The famous magician, illusionist, and entertainer, Harry Houdini. That's right, the escape artist, Harry Houdini, died on Halloween, which I think adds a whole another level of mystery to his character, to his persona. And he died from peritonitis, which is caused by a ruptured appendix. And, well, uh, pretty crazy, though. You know, one of the most popular magicians, illusionists ever, a guy with a dark side, and he meets his maker on Halloween. Creepy stuff. You can't make this stuff up. No lo puedes inventar. All right, so let's go back. I know what you guys want to hear. You want to hear about Halloween in the USA. And I got to tell you, it was amazing. I remember having pillowcases. A pillowcase is the sheet that you put over your pillow. And we would fill those things to the brim with candy. And then, of course, you would come home and you would dump that candy on the floor. And I remember comparing with my sister and my neighbors and trading. I'll trade you two Kit Kats for three pieces of candy corn. Oh, there's another one. Candy corn. Do you guys know about candy corn? I've seen it here in Spain, but I don't think it's too popular. It's a waxy kind of candy that, uh, well, it looks like little pieces of corn. I'm not a big fan. It's got a, it tastes a little bit too buttery. Sabor a mantequilla for me. But candy corn, it's another must when we talk about Halloween. And it used to be called chicken feed. Pienso de gallina, de pollo. <laughs> because that's what it looks like. What do chickens eat? That's right, corn. <laughs> so candy corn. Not my favorite, but it wouldn't be Halloween without it. Another thing I remember doing is bobbing for apples. Oh, man, that was fun. How do you say that in Spanish? To bob for apples. That means to literally put apples in a bucket or a barrel and then go in there and try and bite and grab an apple with your mouth. We call this bobbing for apples. And, you know, that's just one of the weird traditions. So in colonial America, uh, the bobbing for apples thing was a, a fortune-telling game. This is a game where they were supposedly tell your future. And the first person to get the apple without using his or her hands would be the first one to get married, the next one in line to get married. It's almost like throwing the bouquet at an American wedding. But I had no idea. I mean, I've been bobbing for apples since I was a little kid. I remember doing it in kindergarten. Now, there's another thing that's going to change post-COVID. Nobody's going to be bobbing for apples. Think about it. You're mixing your saliva in the water with everybody else's. Uh, I think that's going to be canceled. But I had no idea. What an interesting origin. It was a fortune-telling game. The first person to get the apple without using their hands would be the first one to get married. It sounds weird, but there are some weirder traditions I looked into. This one, for example. Scottish girls hung wet sheets to hang escolgar, so they hung wet sheets, sabanas mojadas, in front of the fire on this holiday to see images of their future husband. That's crazy. That sounds like witchcraft of some sort. Brujería. Sometimes they would peel an apple, often at midnight, in one strip, una tira, and throw it over their shoulder. And that strip, depending on how it landed, whatever shape it was in, was supposedly the first letter of her future husband's name. 
So there's always been an element of apples in there. But again, where does this holiday come from? The harvest. Of course, there's going to be pumpkins. There's going to be apples. Jack-o'-lanterns were not synonymous with pumpkins until they got to the United States. Why? Because it's what we had. So if we have a lot of pumpkins, well, that's what we're going to carve. But at first, they used turnips, beets, remolacha, or potatoes. Imagine carving a potato, a little face in a potato. I'm glad we discovered pumpkins. And don't forget, guys, don't be wasteful. If you're going to make a jack-o'-lantern, you can heat up the pumpkin seeds. You can use the pulp to make pumpkin bread. I know people who make pumpkin beer. In the United States, we always have pumpkin beer around this time of the season. And one of the best parts about getting a pumpkin to carve and making a jack-o'-lantern is going to pick that pumpkin. That's right. We have pumpkin patches, just like Charlie Brown. If you haven't seen that classic, Charlie Brown and the Pumpkin Patch. And where I grew up, we used to go to pumpkin patches. We would go to apple orchards, and we would pick our pumpkins and pick our apples to make fresh cider, obviously non-alcoholic cider. So I think sometimes we underestimate the importance of food and the different crops that we've harvested Really, it's fascinating because, you know, going to the store and, you know, picking out a pumpkin, that's great. But going out there to the pumpkin patch and picking it up off the ground, I mean, that it's, it's an experience that I will never forget. And one of my earliest photos that, uh, that I have is with my mother in a pumpkin patch. And I'll share that uh, on my Patreon page so you guys can take a look. But I don't know if you can hear it. I've got a huge smile on my face right now reminiscing about those days. And I can't wait to pass those traditions on to my daughter. Whether they're pagan or whether they're Catholic, I don't care. We don't really celebrate the real reason now. It's just like every other holiday. It's a reason to get together with our loved ones and have a little beer, something to eat, and just celebrate life. As I always say, do you need a reason? I still remember, too, one of my first Halloween parties. That's another big thing. Even, you know, that even when you're a kid, you know, uh, trick-or-treating, you can do that. But once you get, you're 25 years old, you shouldn't be trick-or-treating unless you're using your niece and nephew as an excuse like I did. But you can always go to Halloween parties. So that's an, a good way for adults to also enjoy this holiday, which is, I think, cool, too. Because some holidays are very kid-oriented, but I really think anybody can enjoy this holiday. Anybody who's got that morbid curiosity, who's interested in all things dark. And let's be honest, inside there's a part of all of us that's interested in the unknown, the things we don't know, the things we can't control, the things that go in the night. <laughs> Am I scaring you? <laughs> I didn't mean to, or maybe I did. And that's one thing I miss, too, telling ghost stories. Oh, man. I got to say, though, I'm a scaredy cat. Somebody who gets scared very easily is a scaredy cat. So I remember, I think it was probably my first costume party, my first Halloween party. And my mother, oh, man, she's such a creative person. She made a jack-in-the-box we literally had a box that our washing machine came in and my mother decorated it and she put me inside it. And you know these, I think you say, caja sorpresa, bing. There's like a little clown on a spring, un muelle, and he pops out of the box. I was Alberto in the box. 
And you want to know something? You're laughing. You're saying it was ridiculous. And yes, I had to walk around in a box. I felt a little bit homeless, to, to be honest. But I won. I won the contest. There's always Halloween costume contests and they have prizes and it's a lot of fun. Such fond memories of those Halloween parties. And I think the biggest Halloween party, the biggest Halloween bash I've ever been to is the New York City Halloween Parade. If you can ever, if you ever, ever, ever have the chance to go to New York on Halloween, because New York, let's put it this way, it's Halloween every day in New York. Walk, walk around Greenwich Village and you'll see people dressed up every single day, just like Tokyo and any city like this. So just imagine New York City, the village, Halloween, unbelievable. Right now, I am imagining all the amazing, elaborate costumes that I saw because people get really into it. And I don't know about you. I prefer people who really get into things than are apathetic about things. And it's great to see all the creativity and, and New Yorkers like to party. So you mix all that together and you've got one of the biggest street parties ever. And it is mayhem, locura. I checked out some figures and it's supposedly it draws, atrae, it draws more than 2 million spectators. Now, though not 2 million participants, you can walk or find a spot, but you can also march in the parade. That's up to you. I've done both. I've watched it and I've marched in the Halloween parade. But it started out as a simple idea, like many good ideas. There was a, a guy in Greenwich Village. Remember, we don't say Greenwich, we say Greenwich. Greenwich Village, a resident of Greenwich Village named Ralph Lee. And this guy was a puppeteer, so I already like the guy. I already think he's cool. And he thought, well, listen, you know, uh, trick-or-treating, a lot of kids do it in neighborhoods, but in New York City, it's tough because it's buildings. You can't really go door to door. It's not the same setup. Esquema. So he said, I've got an idea, kids. He said to his kids, let's do this. Let's walk from house to house on the street, waving, and people will give us candy. This way we don't have to go into every single building because think about that. Think of a skyscraper. You'll never be on the street. You'll be inside the whole time. Some buildings have 110 floors. Another way to say that is 110 stories. Plantas. So Ralph Lee, what a good dad. He said, kids, let's march down the street. And you know what? Many, many years later, two million people joined him. What an awesome story. Como decimos, only in New York. And I want to wrap up this show talking about the moon. Because, yeah, we talked about all the other symbolism, but the full moon, too. When the tides are high and everybody's feeling a little bit crazy, it's when the werewolves come out. Well, you guys are in luck. To be in luck is you're lucky. Another way of saying you're lucky. You're in luck. Now, the last time there was a full moon on October 31st, was 2001. It was uh, right after September 11th. And before that, it was 1955. My mom was four years old. And the next one won't occur until 2039. Now, what's the good news here? You guys are really lucky. 2020, there will be a full moon on Halloween. The planets have lined up and it's going to happen. Go crazy this Halloween. Well, I don't know if we're going to be able to go crazy. Well, go crazy in your house and be safe and wear a mask, but not a Halloween mask, a surgical mask. Oh, wait, too many rules.
Oh, man. Well, just to give you an idea that this really happens once in a blue moon. I just did that on purpose. Once in a blue moon is rara vez. So let's go over them. 1955. Then the next one was 2001. You've got it tomorrow, 2020, October 31st, 2020. And the next one's not going to happen till 2039. After that, 2058. 2077, and so on. So guys, you got to catch that full moon. If you don't do anything this Halloween, yeah, it's going to be different. Parties will be called off and we'll have to limit our movement. But uh, the important thing is at least take a gander at that full moon and have a happy Halloween. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your support. You guys are the best patrons a guy could ask for. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a happy Halloween.